This is Jan Walker, and I'm interviewing Alfio Saita. Uh, thank you for being here today. You're welcome, Jan. Thanks for mm-hmm. having me. What is weatherization? Weatherization on a federal level encompasses efforts on the part of the federal government to reduce energy consumption in low-income households. It's funded through Department of Energy grants and uh, corresponding grants at the state level. I'm reading in the brochure here, as defined by the Department of Energy's Weatherization Assistant Program, are there weatherization programs all across the country? Weatherization as defined by DOE is something that takes place in all 50 states and extends into uh, U.S. territories and possessions. It often looks a little different. Obviously, you wouldn't want to deploy the same strategies in Guam, for instance, or Puerto Rico that you would Mm -hmm. deploy in a context like Monroe County or even some of the lake counties up north in Indiana, just because the climate is substantially Mm -hmm. different. But the idea is the same, that we're, we're trying to save energy while improving the health and safety of the occupants of the home. What counties do you serve? Um, South Central Community Action Program serves clients in Monroe, Morgan, Brown, and Owen counties at this time. What does the weatherization program do for individuals? Uh, In terms of the weatherization process itself, there is an initial walkthrough in the home and um, once the, the home uh, is deemed eligible to receive services, a qualified energy auditor would visit the home and perform an energy audit, which is a process that takes anywhere from two to four hours on site, uh, evaluating all the systems of the home, testing the furnace and uh, other components. That information is then taken back to our shop and we produce a work order that's sent out to uh, reputable and, and vetted contractors that we work with who are then in a position to execute that work. Uh, we, take, we take the work in essentially three stages. The first component is the health and safety component. Um, so if there's any particular items of the home that, are, that need attention, we would take care of those right away to ensure the health and safety not only of the occupants but also of the crews working in the home. And then the next step would be to either repair or replace the mechanical systems as necessary. Indiana is considered a heating state, so we don't do anything with cooling. Um, but we are able to save folks quite a bit of energy consumption in the summer months by virtue of the insulation work that we're able to do. They're able to enjoy that in the summer with lower cooling bills as well as lower heating bills in the winter. Once the mechanical work is completed and we looked at the furnace and the water heating equipment, whether it's a water heater or a boiler or a tankless water heater, we're able to then move in what we call the shell phase of of the work, which is where we actually are installing insulation and um, making the home as efficient as possible. All of this work is driven by a piece of technology that um, really helps us diagnose the problems. And it's, it's, uh, folks might be familiar with this, it's called a blower door. Um, the blower door produces uh, a negative pressure or a positive pressure, depending on how the, the auditor in that case wants to use the tool to measure air leakage to the outside. And so based on that number, we're able to calculate what the heat loss of the home is in our case, and then be able to make sure that the measures that we're deploying are going to be connected to energy savings in the future for that, for that homeowner and those occupants. How does weatherization fit into uh, environmental policy, and um, how does it help our environment? Sure. Um, in, a, in looking at a typical home uh, situation, whether it's a site-built house or a mobile home, we regularly are seeing energy savings of 
30 40%. It's not out of the norm to see those numbers uh, on an ongoing basis, and these are things that are tracked by the program. Um, So environmentally, there is a significant reduction in uh, the energy footprint that Mm -hmm. we're seeing on the client consumption side. We track energy savings. Once we complete a project, we're able to track energy savings. And I'll give you a small example of something really practical that really speaks to some of the technology that's come out of uh, doing this work uh, and, and that in many ways manufacturers in the private sector is kind of struggling to catch up with what it is that we would like to do in terms of implementing technology. A lot of folks are familiar with electric water heater technology. It's something that we've, we've known for decades. Uh, electric water heater that's available in the marketplace now, a standard electric water heater, 30, 40 gallon water heater will call for energy consumption of about four to $550, $600 a year in, in uh, kilowatt hours. We're beginning to put into place devices that are uh, essentially an electric water heater paired with a heat pump, and it's a s- small piece of equipment that you install in place of your standard electric water heater, and in, in place of that $600, $500 yearly bill, if the water heater is run in the hybrid mode, which is the heat pump mode, that unit will consume $115 a year. Just in, in terms of energy savings to the client, that's a significant reduction of their electrical bill. It impacts the environment on other fronts because as we reduce the footprint of individual households, mm-hmm. uh, local utility companies and REMCs are able to further extend their networks and serve many more clients and bring more people into their service lines and they're able to more effectively serve the population that, that they're trying to cover. So. Aside from all the energy savings, uh, weatherization impacts the environment simply by improving the indoor air quality and health and safety situations of the occupants of the homes. Uh, One of the more important aspects of improving that health and safety, particularly in a state like Indiana with uh, heavy radon uh, context, is that uh, we regularly air seal crawl spaces and install vapor barriers which, while not fully mitigating the radon situation, are potentially significant in reducing the impact of radon in the home. The uh, technology that was, that was put into place in the 1950s and 60s that resulted in construction of what effectively could be considered a kind of average-type site-built house mm-hmm. and or mobile home did not really have the potential impact of radon in mind. And so there are certain factors that really play into how that inert gas is playing out inside our homes. And if we can do something about helping folks breathe better air, then that's a great benefit that doesn't necessarily have to do with energy savings, but mm-hmm. it goes towards greatly improving the, the health and safety of the occupants of the home. Oh, yeah, a healthy community. Right. Absolutely. <clears throat> I would like to tie in the work that we do to some of the conversations that are taking place in today's political context and connect to some of the points of discussion that are being crafted around this loosely articulated idea of the New Green Deal. I think weatherization and the insights that can be offered by the program, not only our program here locally, but in general on the national level. The services that we provide are really difficult to find in the private market. This is really a, the state working in partnership with local agencies to create an industry. This, this did not exist uh, as an industry 
30 years ago. Certainly there have always been folks who are able to blow insulation into an attic and insulate your home, but uh, weatherization as, a, as an approach to ensuring a healthier environment for humans mm-hmm. is something that has really grown out of this program. And during the discussion you might see today on what's called the Healthy Homes Movement mm-hmm. that really emphasizes good indoor air quality. A lot of those components that are developing into that movement are, were born out of this experiment in, in, in its er- infancy. And it's kind of as the, the, the program has become more sophisticated and added more guidelines and, and become more comprehensive, that uh, approach has become uh, more visible in, uh, in society and, and more uh, readily apparent. There's quite a bit that weatherization has to offer. It's been a steadily growing field for the last 30 years. Uh, Weatherization efforts that took place 20, 30 years ago really have nothing to do or very little to do with what we're doing today. The field is is renewing itself constantly, and we're we're making significant strides in adding technology. And the impact that we're able to to have on these homes is significant. How can people reach you? (laughs) Uh, the best way to get a hold of our program is to uh, visit our website and uh, send us an email. Um, that's a very uh, simple way to get a hold of us. Um, on the website, you will also be able to see the eligibility information because, again, we are the program is based on income eligibility, and that's an important part of the address is www.inscap.org and you will find the tab on that website that will lead you to weatherization, and you can reach us that way. We're also available by phone, 812-339-3447, and um, you can give us a call, and we can provide more information on how to apply for weatherization and uh, various benefits associated with the program once that application is completed. All right. Well, thank you very much for all that information, and also thank you for coming into the station today for the interview. You're welcome, John. My pleasure.